LOP in the building. My life been a movie, I should have filmed it. Nicely with the pin game, pops taught me to spit game. Get your cameras ready, we heavy catch when I'm in frame. Product opinionated, but I'm coming through smooth with it. I be kicking back, you could Google it. From the block to the booth, he the truth, just another lane lot. I'm a Crown Heights legend, still repping the same block. You are now listening to the Life of Product podcast. Yeah, what up, what up, man? It's the boy Product. You're now locked into the Life of Product podcast. This is episode 113. Y'all been rocking with the kid, man. We 113 episodes deep, right? That's big for me. That is really big. I didn't even think I was going to make it to 100. I thought I was going to say something crazy. I thought y'all was going to like cancel me or something. You know what I'm saying? But look, man, I keep hope alive. Keep God in my heart. We we here. Um, Shouts out to Janelle Richardson, uh, director and writer of uh, The Gift That Keeps On Giving. Independent film that premiered here in Charlotte recently. She's originally from Queens, New York. She was on the last episode, man. Shouts out to my guy, CR. Uh, CR, not only her brother, he was one of the producers on the film. It is a very good film, very informative. I'm not going to talk to y'all and tell y'all what it's about. You got to go see it. I don't know when it's dropping on streaming, but they're doing another premiere in January at the Independent right here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Just Google it. Um, Episode 113. Shouts out to the new YouTube subscribers. If you have not subscribed yet, it is YouTube.com slash Life of Product Podcast. It's on streaming. It's on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, we we everywhere. All you gotta do is hit Google, baby. Google the kid. Life of Pro- product. If you need uh, sponsorships or advertising, it is uh, Life of Product. That is P R O D U K. Life of Product at gmail.com or corporate.ent. That is corporate with a K at gmail.com. It's been a uh, it's been a pretty interesting week. It's been here. It's been here. It's been here. It's been here. First of all, shouts out to my cousin Jordan, a.k.a. Juice, out of uh, Lenore, North Carolina. Um, he's at his own studio, Studio Blue BMG. Shouts out to the engineer. I can't remember her name, but she is pretty dope. Um, me and my son, we slid through on Tuesday, had a session, uh, and it went really great. The, the, the professionalism is there. The quality is top tier. I highly suggest if you are from that area to stop by there. Shouts out to my cousin, my cousin who's uh, endured some of his battles, and he's got his life on track, man. I'm very, I'm very proud of him. Very, very proud of him. The funny thing about that, right? <laughs> So my first name is Marquise. His middle name is Marquise, and my son's middle name is Marquise. He was like, wow, I was like three Marquises in his room, and we all spell it the same way. You know what I'm saying? Look how God worked, baby. Bong, bong, bong. Um, it's been some interesting things happening. First of all, did y'all watch the game, uh, the Golden State game, when Draymond Green just bust through the crowd and got his spree well on and choked something from what's the name? I think, he was from, I think he was playing the Timberwolves. Yo, <laughs> if I don't like laughing at people painting, I don't think it's funny that son got choked out. But boy, oh man, you know the memes, y'all, y'all, y'all meme culture people, y'all don't waste no time. Y'all don't waste no time. Y'all literally was within like 60 seconds of it, the memes started popping up. Y'all look good. I think y'all be having meme templates and y'all just waiting for certain situations to pretty much copy and paste into that. It, it's gotta be like that. It was wild. You know, and you know, somebody was asking, it was like, yo, how come Draymond Green hasn't been thrown out the league yet? This, that, and third. I think he got suspended like five games, but dog Draymond sells tickets. He fills seats in arenas. Shouts out to Steph and Clay and the rest of the team. But it ain't just Steph and Clay filling them seats up. It's, it's not. You, that whole, the whole Bay Area. I've been to the Bay Area. The Bay Area rocks with Draymond Green heavy. So if y'all think that Draymond Green, just because he's not putting points up like everybody, even though he does somewhat put points up, but just because he's not putting points up, he's not filling seats in arenas, you crazy. You need to learn a little something. <laughs> but, oh, man, what else has happened? Um. I hate to talk about this because I don't want people to think I'm a hater, right? Um, they're saying that Andre 3000 is dropping an album. 
<laughs> it's not a rap album. It's not. It's, it's, it's not a rap album. I wish it was a rap album. First of all, I, I place, as a lyricist, I place Andre 3000 in my top 20 as a lyricist. As a rapper slash artist, I don't place him in my top 20. And people have gotten mad at me before in the past for saying that. I don't place him in my top 20 because he has never dropped a, an official solo album. He's been in group albums. He's been on him and Big Boy Outcast or whatever. So let me not say he never dropped a solo album because they did the double disc and it was he had the love below. Now, some people don't consider the love below a solo album because it released as a double project, one with him and then Big Boy has speaker box. I loved both albums and I still do credit him for saying he dropped the solo album. I still credit that as a solo album. He's done incredible features. He's in my top 20 lyricists. He's not in my top 20 artists. So let's just say, okay, The Love Below was a solo album. That's all we've ever got from him as far as a solo project. Now, once the hype first came out, everybody was happy, including me. I was like, boy, three stacks dropping. The album is lit. Because if y'all heard the Killer Mike album that he did, uh, that, that, that he was on the feature he did, I think it was called Scientists and Something, he killed it. The, the last few features that we've heard, the, the last two I could recall was uh, the Killer Mike album, he was on that, and the Kanye West uh, Life of the Party joint, right? Three Stacks killed it. If you get a verse from Three Stacks, you already know it's, it's, it's done. Put the stamp on it. It's fire, right? We got that. So just off that feature alone, I'm like, yo, this, this album is going to be fire. Then we're hearing it's going to be a flute album. <laughs> yo. Yo, sorry, I can't, I can't make this up. But yeah, he's, he's, yes. He's dropping a flute album. Now, it's a surprise, but it's not a surprise because we've been <laughs> he been randomly popping up in different parts of the world. He was in Japan like a few months ago, just walking around playing the flute. You know what I'm saying? I see he was like playing the flute, flute throwing a piece out of people, right? <laughs> All right, man. Oh, man. All right. I don't know what transitions he's went through in life. It seems to be a beautiful one. It seems that he's went through a beautiful transition in like the way he's comfortable enough to do a flute album. You know how much confidence you got to have as a black man to drop a flute album? You know how much confidence as a black man from Atlanta you got to drop, you got to have to drop a flute album? You know how much confidence as a black man from Atlanta who was one of the who was credited as one of the D dopest lyricists ever to drop a flute album. So look, man, I'm going to keep an open mind. I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to say nothing negative about it. I'm not going to think nothing. Of, I'm not going to wish nothing negative because I don't wish nothing negative on people. I, I hope his flute album is successful. I hope it's good. I hope he got some beats behind it so we can like rock. But, um, I don't think the flute album is going to open up, uh, um, my mind to be inquisitive about flute music because I don't rock with flute music. <laughs> but we're getting a flute album. But okay, let's 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 keep it a hundred, right? Aren't y'all just a little disappointed? Just a little bit, just a little disappointed that we waited all these years for a three thousand album and it's a flute album. So my question to y'all is: Do you think it's fair him as an artist who has a huge worldwide fan base to drop a flute album? I'm pretty sure he doesn't care. You know what I'm saying? But don't you think it's a little unfair that we waited for that? It is what it is. There's, there are a bunch of other good artists, you know what I'm saying? But it, it, there's a bunch of good artists, but we don't always have access to them. Their, their music is not pushed to the forefront. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> I was watching a clip, right, of uh, Andre 3000 talking to somebody. And I, I forgot who the guy was that was interviewing him. And he was talking about how he, he said, I'm 48 years old. What am I going to rap about? And uh, I immediately went to the comments. Immediately. Because I like to see the things that y'all be saying. I, I like the 
uh, uh, check out the ignorance because a lot of y'all ignorant. People were saying ignorant stuff, but there were a lot of people who felt just as if how I felt. And my thing is this, okay, he's a 48-year-old rapper, right? He's questioning what should he rap about. There is a lot for him to rap about. He said, what am I going to rap about? Bad Vision and the Colin House. <laughs> Dog, let's look at it like this. Look at his peers, Jay, Nas, uh, Eminem, Buster Rhymes is about to drop another album, which is highly anticipated. These guys actively rap and they rap fire. So I'm not I'm not agreeing with that. I'm not agreeing with him asking what is he gonna rap about. I'm not I'm not agreeing with that at all. So to me, you, you know, I'm I'm pretty sure he's had a, a wonderful life aside from the life things that he's had to go through, like everybody else, because life be life. And he seems to be a, a person who likes his privacy, and I respect that. Uh, peace is more valuable than money. It's more valuable than gold. Peace is peace is a luxury. Um, I've also seen him saying in interviews before that. He doesn't like crowds of people. He likes staying to himself. I respect that. Stay to yourself, brother. But don't, as 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 an artist who's good, who hasn't consistently dropped music, but anytime he jumps on something, it's fire. Don't question what you're gonna rap about when other people, rappers that are actually a few years older than you, a couple years older than you, which have been actively rapping, are still dropping dope music. Because if you would think by them actively rapping and been dropping out dropping music consistently, they would have ran out of stuff to rap about. But rap is an exercise. But it's it's a lyrical exercise, just like how Jay-Z dropped that song on on, I think it was on a blueprint, lyrical exercise. These lyrical exercises lyrical exercises are what's gonna keep you on point and they're gonna keep your consistency, gonna keep your your your, your consistency going. So <clears throat> my take on that is I I hear him and I respect him. It's all about perspective and subjectivity, but had he stayed consistent all these years, that would not have even been a question of anything. It wouldn't have. And and maybe he's not just looking at it from that perspective. Maybe he's looking at it and he's feeling like it's how it's so it's dominated by a younger crowd. But the younger crowd, it's 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 a, a high level of ignorance there. They don't know nothing. They're not being taught anything. They, and not just they're not listening. A lot of uh, older people try to school the younger artists, but they don't listen. So let them keep making stupid music. You know what I'm saying? This is why the UK is 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 doing great with their artists. But y'all, that's another conversation y'all want to talk about. G is the boy product, life of product podcast. This is episode 113. We will be right back with the second part of the show. Yeah, what up, what up, man? It's the boy product. You're now locked into the life of product podcast. This is episode 113. If you need interview sponsorships or advertisements, it is lifeofproduct at gmail.com or corporate.ent at gmail.com. That is corporate with the K. Come on, man. Let's get your project on here. Let's get your brand on here. Yo, shouts out to BYB Entertainment. I got the BYB shirt on. See? You know what I'm saying? Locked in, brother. Man, shouts out to Don P. Shouts out to uh, Dada 5000. Um, shouts out to John Bernard who came on the show. Uh, shouts out to my boy Chris Carrado who put me on to them. You know what I'm saying? And, and whatnot. Them, I, them guys are doing their thing. They doing their thing over there, man. You know, Bare Knuckle is, is is pretty dope. It's coming up. I, I see. I give I give Bare Knuckle about another year, the most two years before like the mainstream factor of it is high level, top tier, like for real, for real. Um, today's episode is one episode one thirteen. Today's episode is titled "You Want It, But Are You Ready for It." This is this is a serious question. Like, like I try to, you know, I joke a lot on here. You know, I get the people on here, we interview you, but I like to get serious sometimes, right? And this is like a serious episode. I really want to talk to you guys about this. The, the Today's subject matter is you want it, but are you ready for it? And this is a question I've had to ask myself before. I think it's, this is something a lot of people don't ask themselves. I think this is a question where if you sat with a person face to face, 
And if you ask them this, it will go over their head and they would not know how to answer it. A lot of people wouldn't. You know, a lot of people, they want what they see. And that's going to go over your head. A lot of people want what they see, but they don't want what they know, if that makes any sense, right? So you want it, but are you ready for it? And and it, there's a realism factor that has to go into that. You know, fellas, let's let's talk to the fellas real quick, right? Fellas, they're going online, they see these beautiful women. These women are dolled up. They got features, right? Um, You want that woman, but... Are you ready for that woman? That that woman might be high maintenance and you might not make enough money to accommodate that. And I'm not calling her a gold digger. What I'm saying is this, right? And this is the honest to God truth. This is, uh, I'm being 100% honest and I'm talking to the fellas because I'm a man, right? Fellas, you might want that woman and you are not ready for that woman. You are not ready for that woman financially. Do not come into that relationship, butter that woman up, and you cannot financially accommodate her in the lifestyle that she had already. That is unfair. You should not have to ask a woman to dumb down from the lifestyle that she's living to the things she's comfortable with and we're doing prior to you just because you cannot afford it. That's not cool. That's not fair. That is unrealistic. I said what I said. People are going to get mad about that. But I mean, come on, if this if this woman is used to, you know, having to find the things, come on, you, you can't you can't buy a Mercedes and think you could put 87 in it. That's not going to work. <laughs> who's doing that? You know what I'm saying? Who like like seriously, who's doing that? But a lot of a lot of men are not ready for that conversation. You you see these beautiful women online, you bag shorty. Listen to the to the young dudes who have never lived with a female yet, right? You know women pass gas, right? Y'all know that, right? <laughs> Y'all be acting like, "Oh, she passed oh, boy, she fought it." Listen, women pass gas. You know you know how you know it's real. The, when, the first time you ever live with your girl, first time you ever live with a female that's not your sister, that's not your mom's, that's not your grandmother, that's not your cousin, first time you ever live with your girl and she forgets to flush the toilet after she took a dump. A lot of y'all will freak out. Well, guess what? Women go to the bathroom just like us. They do, but y'all not ready for that. And these are the things that will have y'all looking at these women different because a lot of y'all men, y'all only think with your eyes. Y'all don't think with your head. You don't think with your emotions. You don't think with your heart. You think with your eyes. Some, not everything that you see is what you're going to get. You might get what you see and you're going to get more. You're not ready for that. <laughs> you know, to stay like on the um, on the relationship side of things, right? Um, You wonder, but are you ready for it? A lot of y'all, I've seen people blend families. I've tried to blend families. Let me tell you something. It's one of the hardest things ever. It's, it's as hard as you make it, and some people make it hard, and a lot of people are not ready for that. When you when you blend a family, you have to subconsciously go into it neutral on every level. You cannot put your kids before his or her kids. You cannot put yourself before his or her or his or her kids. I'm all for a man putting himself first. I am all for that, right? But once you blend a family, that is slightly somewhat thrown out the window because the perspective of a child is not going to be the same as a perspective of an adult. So when you're trying to blend a family, you don't know how that kid is looking at you. First of all, that kid's most likely going to compare you to their to they, they father, their real father. They're going to compare you to that. They might have resentment towards you because you're in the picture now and their real father is not waking up in the house every day with their moms. You were going to sleep in the bed and waking up in the bed with their moms, not their real father. So you have to really put your best foot forward in, in this situation with blending the family. A lot of people don't know how to do that. A lot of people, I, look, let me tell you something. I tried to do the blended family thing. I, I, I tried my best with it, but I had no experience prior to doing the blended family thing because my mother and my father was together until I turned 15 years old. So I didn't have a lot of hands-on experience with that, but I tried very hard. Another thing that can fail in that is the kids can cause problems. Now, 
let me not say that kids can cause problems. In, in a blended family, kids can cause problems, but it's all in the reaction of the adults. You as an adult need to be uh, uh, mentally prepared for every aspect of it. You need to be mentally prepared for that kid having resentment, that kid acting out, being bad, lying, stealing, ditching school, manipulating the other parent against you. These are the things that you have to be mentally prepared for as a step-parent. The biological parent holds a high responsibility, high responsibility for bringing his or her her child into that blended family with another parent that's not theirs that stepped up to sit here and say, I am not going to let my child get away with that. You have a responsibility to do that. You do. You absolutely do. You also have a responsibility to sit with the other parent and let the other parent know this is my situation. You need to respect it. You have to do that. And some of y'all don't do that. Y'all don't do that. Y'all have seen situations where the families was blended and one set of kids was causing problems for the other kid and lying on the other kid. And then that parent was going along with it. And I'm going to keep it real with y'all. I had a situation like that where the other parent, the, the kids was causing problems. And, you know, we try try everything in my power to, to bring it all to a halt, to stop it. And, you know, kids started telling little lies and the other parent was going along with it. I shut it down real quick. And I, the, and I don't like putting a lot of that business out there, but sometimes you got, I got to give y'all the realness. I, I can't be sitting here preaching to y'all if I don't know what I'm talking about. I can't do that. So I set it down and I, and I let her know the first time that happened, yo, I'm not tolerating a lying on my son. It happened again. All right, get out. You're not going to do one. Let me tell you something, right? One thing, this is this is one thing you're not gonna do. You're not gonna lie on my kid, dog. You're not lying on my kid is not gonna. It's, it's not the flex. <laughs> it's not. I'm not. I'm not rocking with that. We are not doing that. And nor will I lie on someone's kid. I will not do that. So I try to approach, you know, that situation from a neutral standpoint. It's so blending the family's hard. It ain't easy, man. It's not easy. Another problem, um, you know what? With the whole blending the family thing, um, you want it, but you're not ready for it. The other parent might not, and I'm speaking to the females. A lot of the females, they'll want it, but they're not ready for it. They'll try, they'll do everything in their power to keep that household together, but they'll push the, the biological father away. You was not ready for that because you weren't mentally prepared to let that new guy know this is my child's father. You can't sit here and try to blend the family and exclude the child from his real father. That's not going to work. There's always going to be a great cloud over it. There's a fakeness there. Y'all can be sitting there eating dinner. You pretending life is great. Life is not great because you are depriving your child. And that, that is a conversation that nobody wants to have. A lot of us men have those conversations. A lot of women don't want to have those conversations. And look, I approach this from a neutral perspective. I approach this from both perspectives. I am not targeting y'all women, but a lot of y'all women, y'all bring that type of toxicity. And y'all never want to acknowledge that. The, the first thing y'all say is, oh, the stepfather's great. He stepped up. He stepped up. Well, you and that stepfather contributed to pushing the real father away. So it was pretty easy. It was pretty easy. Why don't we talk about that? You know what I'm saying? But yeah, but you, you guys want it, but you're not ready for it. I think, I think in situations like relationships, I think both parties need to put their, their cards on the table in the beginning. Now, cards can change depending on what both of you guys are going for, going through in life during the time that you guys are dating, together, talking, whatever the situation is. Um, you want it, but are you ready for it? Are you, are you, let me tell you, fellas, fellas, are you prepared to be with this woman two, three years and then two, three years, two, three years down the line into the relationship, she gets sick? I'm not talking the flu. I'm not talking the flu. I'm not talking the cold. I'm not talking COVID. I'm talking really sick. But if y'all wake up two, three years from now and that woman has stage two, stage three cancer, now she's going to chemo. All her beautiful hair is gone. 
Her teeth is going from the chemo and from all of that stuff. She's losing weight. She can't get out the bed. You got to help her shower. You got to cook for her every night. You got to take her to all her doctor's appointments. She going to the doctor twice a week. You missing two days of work. Are you mentally prepared for that? Are you ready for that? Are you? And I'm talking to the fellas because I'm a man. That is something that you need to think about before you get into the situation and decide to be for life with this person. G is the boy product. Life of Product Podcast, episode 113. You want it, but are you ready for it? We will be right back with the third segment of the show. Yeah, what up, what up, man? It's the boy Product. You're now back with the Life of Product podcast. This is episode 113. Again, man, if you need interviews, if you need sponsorships, if you need advertising, it is lifeofproduct at gmail.com or corporate.ent at gmail.com. That is corporate with the K and spell product, P-R-O-D-U-K. Episode 113. Episode 113 is titled, You Want It, But Are You, you Want It, But Are You Ready for It? That is a question I'm asking people. You want it, but are you ready for it? I do a lot of podcast workshops, right? And um one of the questions I started asking people um, recently is, you want it, but are you ready for it? Are you fully prepared for your next clip or whenever, 10, 10 episodes from now, you prepare for that to go viral? Now, you're going viral for something negative. You're, you're getting the streams. You're getting the money. You're getting the monetization. But people viewed it as negative because they only watched that one clip that you put out. Now they think you're the worst person in the world. You're the next Kevin Samuels. You're the next... Andrew Tate, you the next boom, boom, boom. And I'm not talking about these people, down to these people, man. Um, rest in peace to Kevin Samuels. Um, I don't follow Andrew Tate that much. I've watched some of the clips um, and some of the things that he's done. I'm, I'm about 50-50% on it. I, I agree with some of the things he said. There's a few things I don't agree with, but I do what I do will say about that, man. He's a very powerful man. And I'm not talking powerful as far as money. I'm not talking about status. I'm talking about having a voice. Because having a voice comes with a certain set of power. Uh, and depending on how you use it, and it's going to dictate your life, and he obviously knows what he's doing. So I'm not talking about these men, but these men do get a bad rap, and Kevin Samuels did get a bad rap from people. I noticed um, after Kevin Samuels died, he wasn't talking the same things that he was talking prior to the way his old format was of the show. The, the first format of his show, he wasn't talking none of that. And he even said, okay, I bet you if I was saying X, Y, Z, y'all would, my views would be boom, boom, boom. And he tried that and it caught on. You feel what I'm saying? So I ask people now in my podcast workshops, are you prepared for your next clip to go viral and nobody likes you? That is something you got to be ready for because people have a short attention span. Their attention span goes about here when it should be going all the way over there because that's where the truth, the truth stretches this far, but they're only looking at this part. What's wrong with y'all? You know what I'm saying? I could, I could tell half y'all don't read. <laughs> I can tell half of y'all don't read. Y'all don't, y'all don't read, man. Y'all don't even read captions. Y'all just look at the pictures. You know what I'm saying? Um, but are you are you ready for that? Are, are you are you ready? I got one better for you. Are you ready for your next clip to go right viral and it's not negative? It's absolutely what you wanted, but it's what you wanted times a thousand. Now your DMs is you getting fifteen hundred DMs a day. You're getting fifteen hundred emails a day. You can't even keep up and accommodate. For everything that's going on right now, you don't you don't have a staff, you don't have an editor, you don't have a PR person, you don't have uh, an audio person. It's literally just you. Say say you're podcasting, um, podcasting out your bedroom. You know what I'm saying? You got your little LED lights set up. You know what I mean? It look it looks cool. You know what I'm saying? It look, it's not official, but it's cool. Now you got people hitting you up. You got um agencies hitting you up. You got sponsors hitting you up. They want they they want to give you a bag. But you need to switch up your format. You got seven days to switch your format up because they want their brand 
They want their brand to be represented right and professional. And you don't have an ounce of professionalism in you. <laughs> you was cool with your little 50 views and, and, and two retweets. You was cool with that. That Those 50 views went to 500,000 views. Those, those, those two retweets went to 20,000 retweets. Anything you drop is gold now. And let me tell you something, man. A lot of y'all people that go viral like that, it's, it's kind of it's significant to like the one-hit wonders for hip-hop. Remember, remember all those one-hit wonders that came out between 2010 and like 2017? Where are they at now? We don't hear, we don't hear nothing from there was a cash grab for all of those record labels. It was a cash grab. Now you got a lot of people that go viral, and when they don't keep up the consistency within not less than a year, they're gone. We don't hear nothing about them no more. Your little clip was cute. Where you at now? Because you weren't ready for it. But how but my question is next. Next question is how do you slow down? How If you know you're not ready, but you got like a little bit of momentum, how do you slow down? Should you slow down? I don't think you should slow down. I think you should, as you're doing this, you should be doing one, two, three, four, five. You feel what I'm saying? You got one, two, three, four, five. You should be doing everything to prepare to get ready because your viral moment might be coming. And if you are not ready, <laughs> floodgates going to open. They're going to close right on you. They're going to close right on you. Um, I think a lot of people, um, they want stuff, but they don't do the research. Prior to it, they don't do it's, it's like a lot of people that want to be artists, man. Um, I, I so years ago, I used to run Craigslist ads and I was making a good amount of money. I used to run Craigslist ads and I used to uh, I used to set up copyright accounts. Um, I used to set up uh, royalty accounts for people because I was I was very proficient in how to use ASCAP and things like that. So I used to set these up, these up for people. And um, I remember a dude in particular, a dude I was really cool with. Um, he wasn't my man's and nothing like that. We wasn't best friends, but we was cool, you know what I'm saying? It was, it was all of it, and it still is. So he had dropped the project. And I hit him up and I was like, yo, um, I was like, yo, fam, listen, man. I said, I want to help you. I said, you know, this is not me necessarily trying to sell my services. I'm, I said, I'm going to charge you. But I said, I want to make sure that you're covered. Like, I see you you, you kind of doing your thing. He was he was making traction with everything he was doing. So I said to him, I said, yo, I want to help you set up your royalties, um, this, that, and third. He was like, oh, well, my royalties come through such and such. I said, well, that's your distributor. I said, yeah, you, you can make some streaming money through it. I said, but I said, you need this, you need this, and you need that. I said, I want to show you how to get it. I said, I, I said, you need a performance right uh, uh company. You need a PRO. I said, you need ASCAP, BMI, or CSAC. I said, next, you're going to need Sound Exchange. You know what I'm saying? Because at the time, um, ASCAP in particular, they weren't paying for like online digital stuff. Like like Pandora, your Pandora um royalties was not going to ASCAP. I, I believe BMI or CSAC as well. So you had to have Sound Exchange for stuff like that. He was like, nah, I'm good. I was like, oh, okay. Well, I said, well, best of luck to you. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how he's doing now with his music. With his music, I haven't um, really followed up with Son in a minute. But like I said, if I would see him or if I would talk to him, it was all love. But a lot of y'all don't be fully prepared. And I'm not, I'm not using him to butter my jokes. I'm not using him. I'm, I'm using him as an example, not in a negative way, but in a positive way. Because I want y'all to understand, yo, y'all don't be, a lot of y'all don't be ready. Perfect example, right? So I used to read a lot on the music business. You know what I'm saying? I love music. Been in and out of it, you know what I mean, for a minute now on the independent side. There was a lawyer. I forgot his name, uh, a white dude, he's from Manhattan. And, and this lawyer did an interview, I think in the source of the double XL, right? Did an interview. And he said how, I feel, I think by the second or third album, maybe by the third album, um, he was hired by Jay-Z because Jay-Z was owed a lot of back royalty money. So now I know y'all probably saying how Jay-Z ain't have his royalty set up. I don't know the particulars of that. But a lot of information that we have now, which is free, they did not have that back then. They didn't have they didn't have Yahoo, they didn't have Google, they didn't have Bing, they didn't have none of that stuff. So it was harder to get it. You had to 
pay to play. You had to pay a lot of money to get this information. You might have went to certain people to get it, and they didn't have it. You know what I'm saying? It was it was kind of really really tight niche. That's just how the record uh, industry is. So this um, lawyer did a backlog of his whole catalog, did all his research. Lawyers do a thing called discovery. You know what I'm saying? And look into that. You know what I'm saying? If you ever have to take somebody to you know for a lawsuit, legal issues, anything, and you need to know basically when you need to find the money, they do discovery. So the lawyer did everything he had to do, and he found out that Jay-Z was owed a lot of money in royalties, and they got all that back royalty money. They got it. So I encourage all of y'all, this is not the 90s. This was He came out in the 90s. This ain't 96, this ain't 97. We're in 2013. A lot of y'all new artists that's trying to come out, you are not ready for it because you guys just throw a song up on SoundCloud. Now y'all could throw songs up on YouTube. Now you can get your distributor. You could throw songs up on iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify, all that, and you think that is the end of it. That is not the end of it. If you are lit right now, if you are lit right now and you you getting a half a million streams, go get your money, brother. Go get your money, sis. Go, why, why are you playing? Stop playing with it. Like Lola Brooks said, you playing with it. You owe it to yourself. If you did all of this work, if you produced the record, wrote the record, spent money on the studio, sent it to mastering, paid your $10 distribution fee to TuneCore or, or DistroKid or whoever you're using, and you stopped it, you were crazy. You cut yourself short. You cut, you cut yourself short. I don't want to see y'all go through that. I want to see y'all fully excel. Why not? Everybody else is doing it. Might as well be you, right? G is the boy product. Life of Product Podcast is episode 113. You won it, but are you ready for it? I really hope I was able to inspire all of you guys that listen or all of you guys that watch because you know we have you on YouTube right now. We are on streaming and everything. Um, I'm out, baby. Gia. Yeah.